0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast as always joined by your hosts Michael and Jacob and hey, my friend hey, hey. how we doing baby how we doing This week this week we have a positive vibe on the podcast and I am absolutely loving it Tottenham 2 Leeds United 1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Goals scored by Pierre-Emile Hoybier in the 58th minute and Sergio Reguilón in the 69th minute and it was also Reggie's. Very first goal for Tottenham in the Premier League. Um, first off, man, how are you doing? I know we're, it's an upbeat vibe on the mm-hmm, podcast this mm-hmm. week. We actually have some positive stuff to talk about. Um, but yeah, man, it was a tale of two halves. Second half, we definitely look like the better team, a well deserved win in the Premier League.
1: Well, first off, I want to start this by saying that uh, this is, I expected no less with Antonio Cante, our man, Antonio Cante. And to just, Watch that first 45 minutes. I think everyone wanted to take a spoon and gouge their eyes out because it was just horrible. Everyone's on a different page. It was just, but man, oh man, to be a fly in the wall of that locker room with Antonio Conte. I mean, I think I sent some to the group chat that, that what is that soccer coach? I don't even know where that is. He's slapping all the players on the bench. And yeah, it's just Antonio Conte at halftime, like, oh my God, some towel whips. I don't know, some ass spankings. But he got him in shape. He got him in shape, and we were a completely different team in that second half, bro. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, I'm so happy. Antonio Conte makes me so excited. I don't know if anyone listened to previous episode or streams that we've done on Tottenham Away's YouTube channel. Uh, Antonio Conte, he liked my Instagram comment. Hell, yeah. So, I mean, I'm still commenting on him. I'm hoping he'll like the next one. Um, but, man, you got Antonio Conte. We got his first Premier League win. We got Sergio Reguilón's first Premier League goal, which, I mean, you could argue was literally just sheer will and desire and pace, quite frankly. So, man, a lot to be excited about. A lot of happy things happening for Tottenham Hotspur. Baby, I feel like anything is really possible, you know? For sure. That's how I, that's how I feel, at least.
0: For sure. Yeah, like you mentioned, man, uh, Antonio Conte's first ever win um, as Tottenham head coach. Um in the Premier League, it was awesome to see. Obviously, we had that nil-nil draw against Everton last week, but um, this one, oh, man, it feels so, so, so good to uh, to be able to, you know, talk about a win in the Premier League. It was the first win in the Premier League for Spurs since November 17th against Uca- uh, Newcastle United, and that was that 3-2 game with the dire own goal laid on um, towards the, the, the finishing end of that one. But, uh, yeah, man. It was a good win. Like I said, definitely a tale of two halves. Once again, in that first half, no shots on target in the first 45 minutes. Spurs got booed off of the field um, at halftime. It mm-hmm. was a little bit of a similar vibe to Everton. It was a similar vibe to, uh, a li- I would say, a little bit similar to the vibe of Nuno's last game. Not Obviously not as intense or, or hostile or toxic, but like you said, to be a fly on the wall of that halftime talk for Antonio Conte would have been absolutely magnificent. If only we could have that Amazon documentary this season, because oh. I would love to see what he said to light the fire under everyone's asses, because we had, we had our first shot on goal minutes, not even a minute. I I believe into the second half when Harry Kane yeah. um, had his shot saved and then the, the, the ball somehow spun away from the goal and hit the post. But yeah, man, it was awesome to see. And uh, what I will say before we get into the starting 11 and, you know, we, we start talking about the, the specifics of the game, you know, I like to be fair, I like to give shout outs when, when credit is due, and I know I've been a little bit hard on Lucas Moore lately, which, in my opinion, deservedly so, but yesterday, man, he was definitely one of the best players out on the pitch. He was very bright, creating chances. I think he struggled a little bit in that first half. He had to grow into the game later on um, around the 40th minute mark. And as soon as the second half started, man, he was making runs in the midfield, making runs down the line, uh, the sideline, that is. And obviously he had the one assist to uh, Pierre-Emil hoybier for his first, uh, for, the, for the opening goal, excuse me, um, against Leeds. And then he created the opportunity where he got fouled right outside of the box, which then again resulted in the dire free kick. Which resulted in the in the Sergio Reguilon long goal. So, just real quick, wanted to give a quick shout out to Lucas Mora. What were your thoughts on his performance?
1: I thought Lucas Mora was bright. Lucas Mora's been just a positive thing for us. I think this season he's had a couple wayward games, and who hasn't on this squad, right? Like who who hasn't had just a little running of games that just wasn't the greatest? So, man, I, I think Lucas Mora was great. I think obviously, I think Hugo Laris um had another fantastic performance um the first goal i'd actually blame on Region. i thought that he uh just kind of lost track of his man there on that set piece and um yeah man I, I, as far as lucas Mora goes i've always i was actually wanting to see some steven Bergvine. so i was a little bit ex- um expecting to see him if you will but honestly I think we
0: both check- were to be honest we yeah. were both looking for Bergvine.
1: We'd actually talked about that on the uh, Tottenham Aways live stream that we do every Friday. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was for me just a complete performance all around. I mean, he did obviously do some things that Lucas Moore tends to do, right, where he hangs on to the ball a little too long, could have passed it here or there. But man, he found son in some really dangerous positions. And mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't for their scrambling back line, like we could have had a couple more. Um, actually there is also something I didn't want to talk about in the 20th minute. Hyungman's son, Hyungmin, daddy, Hungman hung fucking. He had a great run around. I mean, just a great solo run, bro. And he passes that ball into Kane and Kane's just off balance. It's a little bit behind him. So he kind of had to shift his, his momentum was pulling him away from the ball Yeah, and he kind of lost his footing. And man, at that moment I was really not feeling good. Like I was not feeling good about the game. I was feeling like, Here we go again. Right. But holy shit, like like we were just saying, Antonio Conte did something because there was life in Harry Kane. He was playing like he cared. And to me, that's all I've been wanting to see from the guy. I've been extra, extra hard on the man. I'll give him his props. I thought he had a pretty good game. I thought he was pretty decent, even though, you know, maybe you could say he was unlucky not to get on the score sheet. But uh, yeah, I got to give my props to. You're giving props out to Lucas Mora. You've been rough on him. I've been rough on Harry Kane just because I know what King Kane can do. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he, he, he definitely showed a lot more, a lot more passion and cherry on top of the motherfucking cake. He said Koi's in his Instagram post.
0: He that did. And that was what that was one of what I wanted to touch on uh, with Harry Kane is he's finally putting hashtag Koi's in his post again. All is good in the world, eh? Bro,
1: are we back? We, <laughs> we might
0: be. We might be. We might Jeez. be. Uh, yeah, man, just the passion, the energy and the the sheer will to outrun the opponent, which has only happened, I believe, for the third time this year um, that we've outran our opponent in the Premier League um, by four kilometers as well. So by a, a little bit of a, of a slim margin. But nevertheless, man, it's always good to see our players give that effort, give their all press when they need to. And yeah. Harry Kane had the second most distance covered um, by any player on on Tottenham on Sunday, only uh, only surpassed by by Harold Winky, who uh, <laughs> who covered the most distance against Leeds United. But uh, let's get into the starting eleven, man. Speaking of yep. Winky, he he uh, made his first start in what seems like forever in the Premier League. Um, Hugo and once again. Conte's going with the back three. I think that's just. It's kind of clockwork at this point with the squad and, and and his tactics. But he he went ahead and he actually started Jaffa Tanganga for the first time under Conte, which was really really nice to see. Um, Tanganga, Dyer, and, Day- and Ben Davis rounded out the back line with Emerson and Regulon playing as wing backs with Pierre Hoybier and Harold Winky. Like I said, playing in the midfield, he came in for Oliver Skip who was suspended uh, through yellow card accumulation. And the attack was rounded out by Lucas Mora, Hyun Min Hung, and Harold Kane as well, King Kane, as uh, if that. But yeah, man, definitely bright um, performance in that second half. I thought that this squad needed a little bit of time in that first half to grow into the game, which we, obvi- we obviously saw. But right right off the bat, man, I, I just want to give a shout-out to Conte for, for starting our boy Jaffa gang. Um, he, I thought he played very, very well. He came off as a substitute for Davinson Sanchez. He made way for him. Regulon came off um, as well as did Lucas in the second half, and they were replaced by Ryan Cessignon, who made his first appearance, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I believe that's his first Premier League appearance this season because for the majority of, of this 2021 2022 campaign, he's been sidelined with a bunch of injuries, um, hamstring injuries, leg injuries. He's been really, really unfortunate so far this year. Um, and then Delhi Alley was, the, uh, was the other substitute that did come on in the second half as well. Mm-hmm. But um, right off the bat, man, I thought that this formation was definitely positive, like we said in that second half. But. Like I also said, I thought that the most of the players in this 11 needed a little bit of time to grow into the match, but a lot of bright chances created in that second half. The wingbacks were getting further up the pitch like we love to see. I thought Emerson and Regulon had a great, great game.
1: Mm. I, I would say they did, except for that goal, right? That yeah. was like the only bad spot you can really point at. I mean, Royale got megged. Region lost track of his man. Um, so, I mean... It, it happens, right? It happens. Leeds is not. Leeds actually hasn't been in great form, so I was looking for them to have a big response uh, after this international break, just because they haven't been having a good run of things. They've actually been outrun by their opponent, um, I think, more times th- at this point this season than they did last season, mm-hmm. um, and I think that just leads to to a fact that I also said on the live stream uh, this past Friday, just that. People are starting to figure out what they're doing, right? Like there's a lot more game footage on their game plan and how they play. And they don't change a lot throughout the game. If you notice, they kind of just keep playing the same way, just at you, just going, going, going high press. And like the only way um, you, you really see them have success is just breaking us down with, you know, constant pressure. And and we saw that. And and unfortunately, our both of our wingbacks were involved in, uh, in, in, in that that goal that they scored. But man, outside of that, they had they did they had really great games. Um Eric Dyer was not dog shit. So yep. that was also a bright spot. Yep. Uh, ben Davies, uh, 50-50, right? Yeah, 50-50. I thought he was all right. I think, I think Jeff at Tanganga, I was so excited about it. Um just because you know Romero did pick up that injury in international break. So it kind of did force uh Antonio Conte to make a move there. But I like that he went uh, with Jaffa Tangangang Gang Gang because that's my dude, that's yep. our dude. We love that man. Um, he's got an extreme amount of BDE. So we just we just gotta keep continuing to have those performances. I thought Ryan Sessignon, honestly, when he got subbed on, I loved seeing it, bro. I'm a huge Ryan oh, yeah. Sessing fan. Um, and he looked bright. He had a couple crosses in the box that if 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 it was a you know. Early on in the game, and he had been playing with the team, I feel like they might have been on the same page a little bit more. But yeah. he didn't really have anyone in the box to cross it to. But what I'm saying is his delivery into the box. I mean, I don't know where else you'd want it if you're a right winger, right? Like, if, if you have Hungman Daddy out there, like, he's going to take that. So, a lot of bright things, a lot of bright things. Um, I guess the Javit Ganga substitution was more of a, a fitness thing, right? Or w- what do you think? Was it performance? I didn't think he was doing bad. No,
0: I think it was either what, what I kind of thought was maybe he was he Conte's going to save him for Thursday. Like you mentioned, Romero is still injured. We don't know how long he's going to be injured for. I believe he's going to get another scan on his um, on his injury, his leg injury, excuse me, um, later on sometime midweek, I believe, because that's when they came back from international break. Um, so we'll get to know the severity of his injury. We're praying to God that um that, he, that, that he's going to be okay. X-rays came back negative, which is very, very positive. But by the way, Antonio Conte was speaking pre-match, uh, for the Leeds match. I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of scared to see how long he's going to be out for, but like you mentioned, I'm very, very glad that he decided to go with Tanganga, um, at the right center back spot in, in that back three. I think the only other option that I would have liked to have seen, obviously besides you have Sanchez, but you know how much we love, uh, Joe Roden as well. So You know, Conte does have some options uh, along that back line. I think he's still trying to get a feel for who he's most comfortable with. Um, And then especially with Romero out, he's going to try to have to find some different options, especially with the Europa Conference League matches coming up, Carabao Cup, FA Cup. We got some cup matches coming up, a lot of tournament matches coming up. And uh, obviously it's going to be mixed in with some Premier League action as well. So it's going to be an interesting next month or so, especially just seeing how long Romero will eventually be out for. Hopefully it's not too long and he'll be able to get back before um, some Carabao cup action against West Ham. Um, You know, hopefully maybe before the conference league group stage is finished um, next week or within the next two weeks, excuse me. But um, the other one, the other player I wanted to talk about, man was, uh, was Harry, was Harry winks. Like we mentioned, he came into the starting Mm -hmm. 11 to replace, uh, Mm -hmm. to replace Oliver skip. Excuse me. It's, it's, it's Harry winky. Harry Winky, <laughs> you
1: gotta get it right. As
0: as Antonio Conte likes to likes to refer, refer to him as, and he, he shared the midfield with Hobby Pierre Emil Hoybeer That's another nickname that Conte's kind of coined under his leadership. Um, Hoybier and Winks did play in the middle. I actually thought they were a pretty bright duo throughout most of the match, and kind of like you were saying with Dyer, I didn't think Winks was dog shit. Which is, I mean, at this point in his career and just his form over the last season or so. It's kind of a lot to ask for if you think about
1: it. I'm going to be fair here. I didn't like it. I didn't like what I saw from him. I thought he ran around a lot. I thought he was trying, which is something we want, right? Like we want our players to try. But for me, man, his passing and his decision making is just not great. I don't think he's very confident on the ball. At least he doesn't look that way to me he just seems hesitant. And I mean, I get it. Like you just coming back, like you haven't been playing a whole bunch. You're starting Um, again to me, a start that happens out of necessity rather than um, like talent screaming out at Antonio Conte. But for me, man, honestly, when, when I saw Davies, Dyer and winks in the lineup, I immediately don't feel good physically. Like I physically do not feel well. So I had to accept that. But then also I had to just think to myself, like, bro, is Antonio Conte. Yeah. Like how much am I really going to question this man? And just, Hey, he works with these dudes, right? He sees them. I see him on game days and in training videos and that's it. But he sees them. He talks to him. He's there. Like at the end of the day, I feel like as a Spurs fan, you have a duty to just kind of trust your manager at this point, especially Mm. when it's not a Nuno, it's not a Ryan Mason. It's, it's, fucking Antonio Conte, man. So, like, I did have to sit back and say, okay, maybe Winks is picking up something of what Antonio Conte is laying down and and there's some kind of cohesion there. I just want a great fucking team at the end of the day. These players, I've hated on them for a long time. You and I have hated on them. We talk all this shit about them. But at the end of the day, if they're able to turn that shit around because Antonio Conte is a great manager and they're able to become top-level footballers again, sell them sell exactly sell them and get some money and then get some more players get world-class players you know what i'm saying yep it helps their career it helps spurs i mean it's win-win so i feel like it's kind of our duty like right as a as a spurs fan especially someone who's been crying for a a manager like antonio conte i mean we we just got to trust him that's how i feel so when the game started i was like you know what antonio conte just he he's gonna have to know what he's doing that first 45, though, I'll tell you, I was highly questioning what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But a hey, I was like, all right, again, at that halftime whistle, I just said, just trust Antonio Conte, man. Just I just gotta sit here and just said, trust him. Try not to overreact, right? Cause that's that's our first reaction for me and yeah. I think a lot of other Spurs fans is like overreact immediately. And boy, when that, when Harry Kane in the first minute was, I mean, just the first five minutes of the second half was a completely different game than what we were seeing. So again, it just speaks to the point of you just got to trust Antonio, man.
0: You do. And you mentioned trust. And that's kind of something that I wanted to touch on next is these are the players that he trusts the most to go out there and deliver results. At least for this weekend, we had mentioned that some people were missing through injury and, and suspension, but these were the players that he chose. These were the players that he trusts. And you look at the the players that came off the bench, like I mentioned, you have Davinson Sanchez, Ryan Sessegnon, and Deli He's got to have some form of trust with them as well. Um, we did hear a little bit of criticism towards um, Tongi and Dom Fatcock, um by Antonio Conte before the before uh, before the Leeds game, and you know he was saying how he wants to get he wants to see and feel a lot more from, from Tongi. And he wants to see more in training. He wants to see that desire, that passion. And once again, it's, it's kind of a, that reoccurring theme with, with Endom big Dick is, is he going to put forward 150% of his effort, 150% of his energy towards the team and not necessarily towards individual performances. I thought it was a little worrying that he didn't come off the bench. Um, Deli Alley came off instead of him or excuse me, came on instead of him. But um yeah, man, I would have liked to have seen him in the starting 11 rather than, than a winky, but you know, it is what it is. And like I said, these are the guys that Antonio Conte is trusting right now. And like you mentioned, Jacob, it's, it's something that you have to respect as a fan because he deserves that respect. And he deserves that trust because of, how much he's won in recent history and how, how successful he's been at other uh, at other clubs, not only with getting the best out of the team, getting the best results out of the team, but improving players, making sure that the, that their development is going very, very well, especially those young guys and guys in their prime as well. Uh, and like you mentioned, man, I think that that was kind of the theme for me, especially in that second half and at halftime was trust. We, we need to trust Antonio Conte. Conte needs to trust his players and his players needs to trust him. And, and we saw that in the second half against Leeds, which was really, really good.
1: Um, man of the match. Well, real quick, before I get my man of the match, I don't even know if anyone's going to agree with me, but it's how I feel. Um, so that's a little foreshadowing. But lastly, what I wanted to say uh, to the whole point we were just making, like, you're right. We, if you don't trust him, like, this is his reputation, right? He's known as a winner. He's known as a trophy winner. He's known as a guy who turns clubs around and wins with these clubs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this is reputation. And if he thinks Delhi Alley coming on is a better option than, than Tanguy Indom Fatcock. I mean, we just got to trust it. Right. Because yeah. he sees it and this. He's not the only manager that, that, that has said this about that individual. Um, for me, it was the, the biggest red flag of the whole situation for me is as a Tongi Indom big, big fan. Is if Deli Alley's getting the start over you, that means Deli Alley's outworking you in training. And if Deli Alley's outworking you in training, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you gathered anything from the, the Amazon dog, it's that Deli Alley was a shit trainer. Like he trained shitty. And that's just kind of the way it was. And that's why Jose didn't play him. But if he's outworking you and Tongi and Dumb Big Balls can't get on the field because of that, mm-hmm. that's a problem, bro. That's a red flag. We won, so I'm not I'm not tripping, bro. If Tongi doesn't want to get with the vibe, I'm on the fucking Antonio Conte train. Like I'm on yeah. it, bro. I'm already I've already bought my souvenir jacket. I'm wearing it. I'm snuggled up in the corner. We're we're on this until the, until the fucking wheels fall off. So if he doesn't want to be a part of that, then it, it's going to be what it's going to be, right? Yeah. But my For man sure. of the match, my man of the match, the one and only. Numero uno,
0: Hugo Lloris. Bro, when you started the the word numero, when I heard N, the NU, I was like, bro, is this man going to say fucking Nuno? <laughs> is he going to say
1: something about Nuno? <laughs> Nuno's uh, my man of the match because he got fired and brought coffee
0: in, <laughs> And now we got big balls. He will forever be our man of the match for getting the sack. Um, Dude, I honestly, I I have no no problem with you picking Hugo as man of the match. You had mentioned that he made some really, really good saves, especially early on in that first half before we, before Hoybeer scored the opener. Um, I forget who it was for Leeds. I think it was either Harrison or Gellhart. Yeah. Hart. I think it was. Yeah. Gil Hart smashed one with his left foot near post to the left side yes. of the goal. And, and Hugo took care and Hugo took care of it. And he, it was a very, very solid save. It was a, a shot from about what I would say 10 yards out or so. Like it, it was a pretty it was a pretty decent chance for Leeds at the at the time. And Hugo took care of it with a very, very solid save, parried it out for a for a corner kick. He did what he needed to do. And I thought that uh, he made some really, really solid saves
1: throughout the rest of the match as well. And there was another one from Gellhart that was like right on the line of the box. Uh, I don't know if it was outside of the box or just inside the line, but it was right around that area. And I think it was Gellhart on his left foot. Just let it loose. Yeah. No, it was Dan James. That's who it was. It was Daniel James. He let it loose on his left foot. And Hugo had a ballsy save, man. I mean, if you're not on your shit, I- I'm sorry. I I like Pierre Golini, but from what I've seen from him, I don't think he makes that save. I think that was in the second half, though. I think it yeah. was uh, after we were already up mm-hmm. um, and they were trying to tie is what I think the situation was. So, yeah. I mean, that's a big-time save and a big-time moment of the game. And it was just... Time and time again, what we've seen from Hugo Lloris, what he does for us, right, is he keeps us in a fucking game. We have zero shots on target. They're taking shots. Their young star boy, Gellhart's going off. I mean, he'd had a nice heel flick pass to someone else early on in the first half. Like, this kid's got a lot of balls, and he was firing. But you know what? Hugo Lloris said, I'm number one for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I love it, man. Hugo Lloris, my man of the match. What about you? It's uh,
0: I want to say Lucas because he was very, very good. Like I already, you know, I, right off the bat, I wanted to give him props because I thought he had a very, very bright game. And the reason why I mentioned him is because he's actually not my man of the match. Um, you, you're going to have to have, in my eyes, I have a hard time not giving a man of the match to to someone who scored his first goal for Spurs. So I got to give uh, a shout out to my boy Reggie, Sergio Reguilon, for scoring his first goal against Spurs. And you mentioned in that goal, the the drive and the desire and the sheer will to get to that ball after the ball um, hit off of the post from a dire free kick. Who is the first one to pounce on it? Sergio Reguilon. Like, it's just that extra effort. You can tell play. that that's... You can tell that that's like the vibe of, of Conte teams. Like, that is essentially what Conte wants to get out of his players, if anything, is that energy, the fire, the passion, and the sheer will to outwork and outpounce, if you will, your opponent. And, and that's what he showed. And I also thought that he was very bright throughout the rest of the match. Like we mentioned, I thought Emerson and Regulon did a very, very good job with getting further up the pitch. Um, helping out, impressing as well, and then also tracking back in key moments um, and counterattacks that Leeds tried to create. You mentioned how Reguilon, and I would also attribute it to, to Davies as well on the left side of that um, that what back five, if you will, defensively. That left side of the of the back line that was that was definitely their fault for not marking Daniel James as he ran into the box to essentially just tap in uh, uh, Yo, the cross had from his Leeds. Ben
1: marked. Ben had his man marked, bro. I know, why, but
0: when when you're rotating towards the right side of the field, you have to have someone recover, and I felt like Dyer probably could have sat back a little bit more towards the left side of the field to where Davey, or excuse me, yeah, Dyer could have tracked back toward, more towards the left side of that box to get his man, and then Davies could have gotten Dan James, but I think it was just a little bit of communication issues. Along that I was, back line. Can I,
1: make, can, I, can I say something about that? That seems like a whole lot going on, right? That you need to happen for Region to not let his man go free. So for me, like I had a hard time trying to pick who my man of the match was because I was like, okay, I'm kind of like you, right? I have a hard time not giving it to someone who scores a goal because goals are what will win you the game at the end of the day. Um, saves also keep you in the game. But my thing with Pierre and, and Reggion is I, I I would argue – and, and I'm not just arguing this just to argue with you, Michael. Um, I'm just saying that, like, if I'm picking a goal scorer, it's, I would have picked Pierre over Region just because at that point in the game, I think we had had one shot on target, maybe two. Um, I think it was just
0: Kane's opportunity. The, so it the one been that been got saved. I think, I think that th- was the first one.
1: And he just very calmly and coolly is like, I'm just going to hit this nice and on target. And if it goes in, that's fucking great. And he did. And that was just like what we needed in that moment. So, um, but, but I also didn't want to pick him because I felt like he had a shaky first half. Mm-hmm. um you could argue the build-up play could have been because of the midfield so you could argue he also had a play in that first goal like there's a right it's a team game so you're mm-hmm. right like davies could have done this and dyers could have done that and then this man doesn't go mark like that um when i watched the replay to my dummy eyes it just looked like a reggie looked like reggie and then the, when they showed the replay the next time it looked like emerson got nutmegged he like he looked like he tried to come and meet the man and challenge him, and he kind of he, he got beat. So I kind of blamed both of them for that goal. That's that was my opinion. Yeah, um, for sure. But uh go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, w- when I'm trying to pick my man of the match, it was really difficult for me. So I just had to say, like, all right, who kept us in the fucking game, right? It was it was Hugo. He made a bunch of saves, he was dancing on his head. So yep. Um, but I'm just curious, like what 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 made you want to pick Reggae on? Because like out of because if you go the goal scoring route, right? You're like, okay, I'm gonna pick one of the guys who scored. What made you pick Regulon over Pierre Uh Hoybier uh, wasn't really in in
0: my discussion for man of the match. I said it was uh, either Regulon or Lucas for me, because I thought Lucas was very very bright. If I'm not gonna pick Regulon, I would have picked Lucas because, okay. like I said at the uh, at the beginning of the pod, um, he did have the assist to Hoybier's goal, which was honestly I. I was a little scared when, when it happened, like when, when Hoybeer shot the ball first time, when he took it with his, uh, with his first touch and it ended, obviously ended up swerving in, but I thought it was just brilliant from Lucas to keep the play alive. Cause if you remember on that sequence, um, I believe it was Sonny or Regulon, I forget who played in Lucas Mora or it might've been Kane. I forget. Uh, I apologize, played in Lucas Mora into the box defender had a touch on it, a deflection, Lucas stayed with the play. He kept it alive, and he, and he obviously cut it back to Hoyber for the goal. And then you look at the the second goal off of the dire free kick, which was obviously finished by Regulon. But how did, that, how did that chance even get started? It was Lucas Moore getting into dangerous positions in the attack, right outside of the box, and he ended mm-hmm. up getting taken down. And he was the entire reason that that, that, that whole chance was created. Um, and like I said, man, if it wasn't for Regulon scoring his first uh, Spurs goal, I definitely would have given it to Lucas because I thought he was very, very bright. And, and like I said, I think I've been a little harsh on him over the past few months or so, which in my opinion, it was, it's been deserved, but you also have to give props when props are due. And t- yesterday and today, the, the props are due for Lucas. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The other, the other thing that, um, that I wanted to talk about, especially with Reguilon's goal was, Oh my God, it's just so good. And you mentioned it too. Um, just not only just with Conte, but, with the way he exudes his confidence and his passion that kind of translates to the rest of his team you look at that Regulon goal and you could tell it meant the world to him to score his first Spurs goal especially in front of the crowd in, in front of that south stand um or excuse me it wasn't in front of the south stand it was actually in front of the away end where where he celebrated but you can see that passion and that fire from Regulon, and he's he's one of the more emotional players on the squad but I don't know about you, man, but his, his celebration, the slide, the yell, the passion, it, it kind of brought me goosebumps. And I, I had a similar vibe as I did at the full-time whistle, when the camera cut to Antonio Conte and he's pumping his fists in the air. He's screaming, literally screaming at the crowd, trying to get them riled up, um, which was successful. And then just going around and bear hugging literally everyone that he sees on that touchline, um, Bro, coaching staff hug, and players oh hug my god he
1: gave to emerson royale the handshake
0: a- and the hug it was one of the most intense intense handshakes and hugs i think i've ever seen on a pitch it was great
1: yeah no full-time whistle bro was goosebumps all around just watching him screaming hugging the fans going crazy we just pulled out a win came from behind like it was a hard fall win bro Leeds is not a pushover i know they're where they're at in the table may not reflect the talent that they have but I mean they're they're a decent squad, bro. You're in the Premier League for a reason. Yep. And it was just beautiful to see. I mean, when you talk about the passion that Region had on that goal and the slide, like that's all those things I feel like is right. Like he gets in positions a lot, Reggaeon. Mm-hmm. He gets in positions a lot. And he even said post match, he just needs to trust his attacking brain. And 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 it doesn't seem like he's had that, that confidence in it. Um, until now, and I think Antonio Conte's probably unlocked that for him, like helped him achieve that confidence. Like when you go forward, bro, you just need to push and take your chances because you're quick, you're pacey, you, you got skills on the ball. So like, he's got a lot of talent. He's just, he's very raw. He's unrefined right now. Yeah. Bro, you get a mastermind like Antonio Conte. He can make Reguion the best left back in the league, like bar none. Because of the skill set that he has. And I just think, I mean, you score one goal, it, bro, the floodgates open. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The rest, it's coming. And I mean, he's been getting assists. So like he, he's he got service in the box. But I think this, the tactics and the formation and just kind of the way we're playing is going to help him feel more confident, like, as an attacker. And we saw that, bro. As soon as that ball was free, there was nobody else near that ball but him. Exactly. He got there before anyone even knew it was there. So it's just heady play, man. Heady play. You love to see that kind of fight. You do. And you you mentioned the potential
0: that Regulon has. And I totally agree with you, man. If if Antonio Conte can get the best out of, excuse me for referring this for probably the millionth time for Tottenham fans, but um if you get a similar, I guess, transformation, like the one we saw in 2017 with Chelsea's Conte and Victor Moses specifically, he made Victor Moses from a premier league bench player to a world beater that season, who was one of the brightest players for that Chelsea squad. And you take a look at the players we have now in our squad. And I think Regulon is a perfect example of what could be. And that game that he had against Leeds is also a glimpse of what could be, Mm -hmm. if you will. And not only Regulon, bro, you have Sessegnon, like I said, who came off the bench, and you mentioned how bright he was too. If he can get – if he can finally, like for the first time since he's been at Tottenham, unlock Sessegnon's potential and get him going consistently and pray to God he stays healthy and, and doesn't get as uh, unlucky with injuries as he has in the past two seasons, dude, sky's the limit for that kid as well. We saw when he when we sent him out on loan to Hoffenheim last year – we saw him consistently playing at that left wing back role, getting up the pitch pretty much almost as a left winger. And if he's going to be able to to unlock that potential from Cessignon as well, to where you can pretty much rotate the two in and out, and pretty much have the same exact style of play, same exact system, dude, it's going to be very very dangerous because you let off the you let off the gas at any point against Regulon or Cessignon when he's at his best. They're gonna they're they're the type of players who are going to punish you. Um, Offensively, they're going to get up the pitch, especially with the system that Antonio Conte likes to play, and they're going to create chances. And we've already seen it throughout the season. And, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due as well. Even during the Nuno era early on in the season, Regulon has still been consistently leading in chances created from crossing opportunities in the Premier League this season. He's still number one. Um, I believe he's only ahead of oh, God I forget now, but he's leading all players. All, all fullbacks, excuse me, and chances created by crosses in the Premier League. And I believe he's leading everyone, period. And y- you get a, a guy like Conte in here who's going to get the best out of his wingbacks, and we've seen it before in previous squads that he's managed. It's very, very exciting to see, man. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the things that I'm looking forward to, not only in the next match, the next few weeks, the next few months. Like, how how high is, how how great, is Reggie Lund's potential, where I think we're about to find out this season, and I'm very, very excited about it.
1: I feel like anything is possible, right? Like, at this this stage, at this juncture, where we're at, where all the other teams are, I mean, we already pretty much know who top three is going to be, right? Yeah. You got Liverpool, City, Chelsea. I'd argue Chelsea's probably the best out of them all. Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, I mean, Mohamed Salah is just fucking shit up, honestly. so, I mean, but that's that that got to say, hey, that fourth spot's wide open, bro. United's in the mud right now. You got West Ham. I mean, Wolves, are they realistically fighting for top four? Probably not. So, I mean, anything is possible, my I man. Anything's
0: I mean, possible, especially when you're only four points behind fourth place right now, which we are um, in reference to, to West Ham being in fourth. They just lost to Wolves this week. And I mean, like you said, you know, Wolves, they're in sixth place right now. They're having a, a decent start to the Premier League this season after a little bit of a slow start out of the gates in their first few games. They're now right in the thick of it with us, Arsenal and and West Ham kind of fighting for that fourth place right now, along with, I guess you could put United in there just because of the quality that they do have in their players. And the money they'll bring in January. Exactly. If, you know, if, you, if they need it. You look at these teams and you look at the the table right now. West Ham's in fourth in fourth place right now with 23 on 23 points. We're in seventh right now, tied for six with Wolves with 19. We're like top four is definitely still realistic. And our, our chances are only going to get better the more this team gets comfortable on the ball, the more this team gets comfortable under Conte's system. And the more time Conte gets to work with this with, with his squad and with these players. I agree with you, man. I think that fourth spot is still wide open. West Ham is at a very, don't get me wrong. West Ham has had a very, very bright start to the season. You have to give credit where credit's due, no matter how much we hate them. They're they're a dangerous squad. And I know, like I mentioned, they just lost to Wolves, but you have a team that is relatively in form over the past seven games or so. And you look at the other end of the spectrum, and I would say probably United is the one that's in the in the most out of form in the last seven games. Their only win was against us. And it was the 3-0 defeat that resulted in, in Nuno getting sacked. That's their only win in the last seven games in the Premier League, bro. So if if this trend continues where Manchester United are gonna continue to struggle and and wolves kind of come back down from earth, and we all know that Arsenal's not good this year. You know, it's it's really realistically a fight between us, United, and, and West Ham for that fourth spot. If you want to throw anyone else in there, I guess you can. But in my eyes, I think that's realistically your options that you're going to get for who's going to take that fourth spot.
1: I mean, I guess you could argue Crystal Palace is having a good run of form. They fucked us up. So, I mean, you could argue them. I'm not gonna, because I don't think they no a... the
0: No losses in their last five. You bring up a good point.
1: Plus, their manager, from what I gather, is, kind of a badass uh, i mean as a manager i'm not gonna say as a player because i know he played for arsenal fucker but i mean from what it sounds like he's gotten that ship i mean they were like a 15th place they were trying but yeah, i, bu- I believe his get-
0: first his first match in charge was against us it was that crystal palace game where Tengenga had the red card but yeah patrick via Vier- patrick Vieira has been uh he's been getting decent results from that crystal palace side it'll be interesting to see how good they do this year but um Let's go back to, to Harry Kane, man. So obviously didn't get any goals this Sunday against Leeds, but like you mentioned, Jacob, I agree with you. I thought he was very, very bright. I think he, like you, you mentioned, I think he was a little bit unfortunate not to get on the, on the score sheet. Um, we mentioned he had that really, really good chance early on in the second half. Then he had another one later on as well. Uh, I think he's starting to grow back and get more comfortable with his form or excuse me, he's trying to grow. He's, he's growing back in, in, into form. And he's, I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable with Conte's system. And I think he's got a clear idea of what he needs to do to get the best out of himself and also the best out of this attack, but him along with Sun, you mentioned Sun was bright as well, but if this attack gets going, man, the way that the midfield's starting to play under Conte, the way the back line has, has been over the past few games, they've been all right. I think once the confidence starts to grow, because we're starting to get some results in the Premier League now, we had a draw against Everton, a hard-fought draw. I thought we were unlucky not to get the win there. And then you have a, a solid win, like we mentioned, against a Leeds team that they may have been struggling this year, but you still have to to give them their respect because of what they've done last season. So it'll be interesting, man. I'm, I'm definitely happy with the result and the effort that was put in, but um, it remains to be seen how much how much uh, momentum can be built up. And, you know, you're looking, uh, I'm looking here at, at, at the next few games, the next five in the Premier League, you got Burnley on Sunday, Brentford the following Sunday, then you have Norwich, Brighton, and you do round out those five with a pretty tough game against Leicester City. But you look at those other four games and those are totally winnable. Not only are they winnable, but I feel like we, we mentioned this in, the, in previous episodes and, and during the, the Tottenham away live stream, I think this is a perfect run of games for Conte to get his team a little bit more comfortable with his system, get the best out of some of his players who have been struggling, and to really get his ideas across against weaker sides in the Premier League.
1: Um, when you look at four out of those five opponents, I mean, it, it screams 12 points. Like, that's four wins. It, it needs just, to be. Exactly. It, it, and it's, it screams that to me. And if you get anything less, it'd be honestly a little disappointing. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we end up pulling a tie with one of those four. I mean, going on a four-game win streak is pretty tough in, in the Premier League. So to be able to do that would be pretty miraculous. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible. We got Antonio Conte. So anything's possible. But exactly. yeah, man, th- those opponents is a highly favorable schedule for us at this moment in this juncture in the season to be where we are with a new manager and just really getting up to speed. But yeah, to to... To kind of round off my thought about Harry Kane, it just seemed like he cared again, like he wanted to try and he was going to try and, and you know, like I said, in the 20th minute, I was really wondering what we were going to get from him because I what I saw was not good. And then it really just he started playing with the ball at his feet. He started juking dudes. He started running past other dudes. Yeah. I'm out here like is this Harry K- like what in the world this is crazy this is fun
0: you know what I mean he had a, he had a really really class turn with the ball in midfield I don't know if you remember but um it, the defender I believe let me look back at this I believe it was either Cooper or Calvin Phillips if I'm not mistaken was pressing Harry Kane as soon as he got the ball in midfield and he he had this sort of flick with his heel to to give him some more space past the defender ended up turning right around, spun around his man. And we were, we move, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we were, we're starting to, to build up this chance and it, it just shows what Harry Kane can do in that midfield. Like we saw multiple times last season throughout last season, really. Um, he, I thought he was bright in the midfield and he was getting into dangerous areas in the attack. And you mentioned his pressing, his, his energy and his drive and, you know, just overall the effort that he put out, it's definitely night and day compared to what we've seen early on, especially uh, during the Nuno era this season. But, yeah, yeah. man, I definitely agree. He's, he's looking more bright out there. He's looking like he's starting to get going again. Um, and hes it seems like he's got that drive and passion that I think Conte's probably brought back for him.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, again, you just talked about it, right? He's, he's playing with the ball at his feet, midfield, juking guys. And I believe it was Calvin Phillips. And at the time, I thought to myself, like, how cheeky is that? I wonder how many times in England training he's pulled that off on that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Because I wonder how many – Calvin Phillips, is. he's a damn good central midfielder, uh, defensive mid. So, you know, I wonder how many times Harry Kane has gotten him with something. So, you know, when he saw him on his back, I mean, the entire game really, anytime uh, Harry Kane picked up the ball, Calvin Phillips was right there. You know what I mean? That was his number one uh, task, if you will, that game, is to anytime Harry Kane picks up that ball, you're on his ass. So, yeah, Yeah. man, it was great to see. I hope we get to see some more of that. Yeah, like I mentioned, we have Burnley up next
0: in the Premier League. Before that, though, we do have um, Mira in the Europa Conference League. Match day five out of six in the group stage. My friend, we're we're starting to get to the end of the group stage um, for the Conference League. We're about to figure out. Um, what our next steps will be in that competition. And we've mentioned it time and time again. This is a competition that you absolutely need to win a trophy in because of the the pedigree of other teams which are are not as obviously not as great as as clubs like Tottenham. You have, you know, you got clubs like Roma and Wren who are in our group who are who are decent. But this is definitely a competition that you need to win. And I'm excited to see the rest of this week. Like I said, our next opponents in the Premier League, our next five the highest ranked one who's currently in ninth place is actually Brighton. It's not even Leicester city. You have those five. And then you got Mira and Ren mixed in there, the Europa conference league before you get to December. And then it's, it's Carabao cup and FA cup time. And leading up to that, if you can get some momentum in these games, start to get some confidence from these guys, not only in the premier league, but the other cup competitions. Like I said, this is a perfect opportunity for Conte to express his ideas Get the, get his tactics ingrained into this Tottenham squad, and one other thing I wanted to touch on, man, was uh, Reguilon's post match comments after the Leeds uh, the Leeds United match was you know he Conte, which we have heard before, is trying to get the players to live eat and breathe football, no matter what time of day it is, no matter whether they're at N17, whether they're at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, or whether they're at home. And it was really, really cool to see line in his post-match comments say how even when he's going to bed, the last thing he thinks about during the day and during the night is football. Hey, what what is my position? What is my role in this squad? And this is what he said. Like, wh- what do I need to do to, to be a better footballer and it's so so good to see because if he, if those type of players like Regulon who bring the passion, they bring the fire, and they bring their energy and effort hundred hundred and fifty percent of the time. Uh, it's got to be it's it, it's got to be going on with other players' mentalities as well. And you could bring up Hyunmin Son, who always works hard, Hoi Beer, who always works hard, Kane, who usually works hard. You have guys like Lucas, Emerson, Tengenga, and even Dyer who give their absolute all for this badge, no matter how shit they may be during some weeks. Like if he's starting to get this mentality into more of the players in the squad, not just the starters, but the fringe players, imagine what he can do to bring some of these, these fringe players, like your deli alleys, your Harold Winkies, your, your Bergvines Now who's starting to get back into the squad, the Sessignans of the team as well. Those players get better they're going to challenge the current starters in the 11 and they're going to push them to be even better as well. So that was just something that I wanted to touch on. Regulon's comments were very very positive and man, it's just so exciting to see. We mentioned the passion that the players are starting to bring. Conte's energy is unmatched on that fucking touchline, man. He is so so fun to watch. His energy, his passion is yelling. Um it's starting to give me give me Pochettino vibes as far as like the the vibe around the team the positivity the energy and you can tell that these players really do want to fight for the badge now they want to fight for the manager for the first time in what seems like forever and it's just so positive to see man i'm really really excited to see these next few games because like i said perfect opportunity for both antonio conte and the rest of his squad
1: and that's the thing i think with these this europa conference league especially at this juncture right we're we're sitting in a good spot but we this is obviously a competition we have to win in my opinion and at least make it to the damn final i mean i really feel like with antonio conte it i feel like it's almost guaranteed at this point i feel like we could probably play i feel like it's going to be roma versus tottenham jose Mourinho versus antonio conte that's what i genuinely think i've been saying that how great it's going to be of a storyline they're struggling right now in conference league too so you know i really just want these guys to get more time with antonio conte i think when you bring that kind of guy in you really feel like anything's possible you can really do anything and that's just how i'm feeling i'm sure the players feel that shit bro it's time to go time to go
0: It'll be interesting to see who starts on Thursday, man, because we are playing the weakest team in our group. But on the other end of that, like you mentioned, like this is a must-win game as well. Currently in second place in, in Group G behind Wren, three points behind Wren, one point um, in front of Vitesse, which obviously we lost to in in that away fixture. Won the reverse leg, but now, man, these these two games are must-wins. You can't afford any draws anymore. You don't want to play in the playoff to go to the the knockout, uh, the knockout stages, like all second place teams have to do. I I need that first spot, man. I need that guaranteed spot in the knockout rounds. I don't want to add more fucking competitions to this already. What seems like a condensed schedule per usual. Um, this game's crucial. You have the last place team in your group coming to Tottenham Hotspur stadium. And this is once again, perfect opportunity for Conte to rotate his squad, get some more players in, I think, I think we're going to see Sessignon start at left wing back, in my opinion. And I think we're going to see some of the younger guys uh, get involved as well on Thursday night, and it's going to be very, very exciting to watch. I just have a feeling.
1: I will say someone I'm really excited is in uh, the first team training now is Mark and Day.
0: Yeah. He's, oh, he's and ex- tra- excuse me. Uh, we're on the road against Mira. My apologies. We we already played the home match against Mira. So Sorry, go ahead.
1: To me, I mean, when you got a guy – Who's just a Premier League Two player of the month? He's obviously in great form, he's got some confidence. Let him go out there and see what he can do with the big boys, you know what I mean? That's that's the name I'm really looking forward to seeing. I've also been hearing Mm Lavinier, um, I mean, it'll be interesting. I do Lavernier, Lavernier, or Lavinier? I forget. I Um, I apologize. Same if you're listening, Lavinier, tell us how to say your name, but for me. Yeah, man, I just want to see what, what Antonio Conte is going to get to do with uh with with these other guys. I mean, we've we've been stressing on it this whole episode. Like, the more time they get with Antonio Conte, the more we're going to be able to see and really know what we're getting out of these guys and what we're going to need in January. Yeah. So for me, bring on Thursday, baby. I've never been so excited for a Europa Conference League game. It's crazy what Conte does
0: to us, huh? it's crazy you you have Nuno managing this team for this fixture it's like all right man are we gonna fucking lose again in the conference league
1: like yeah what what are we doing you know what I mean Jose too yeah yeah it's just like all right here we go another fucking game that maybe we'll win with this it's like what's Conte gonna do I'm excited to see who he puts out who's impressing him you know what I mean so I think it'll be really interesting to see
0: it's going to be very, very interesting to see, my friend. So, yeah, like we mentioned, Mirror in the Europa Conference League on Thursday, Burnley in the Premier League on Sunday. We will talk to you next time following that Burnley game, as we do have the live stream on Friday. We're gonna we're gonna put a cheeky plug in there at Tottenham Away's YouTube channel. Please follow us over there. Please follow that YouTube channel, subscribe, and uh, stay stay posted on social media as well. We'll be promoting that uh, later on this week. But yeah, my friend, any final thoughts before we wrap up the pod? This was a fun I'm one
1: hey this was a fun one and you know we've been having a lot of fun on Tottenham Way's youtube channel we interact a lot with the guys there i think we've had a little bit of crossover from uh the audience there now tuning into the so if, if you're crossing over if you're crossing with you're joining us along this journey like we, re- we really appreciate you and you really make this thing go so the more we hear from you the more you'll hear from us and yeah we just got to keep this train rolling i think antonio conte's got everyone hyped so this is really just a huge juncture for us as fans, as a club, and it's just a lot of positivity moving forward, and I love it. And, you know, if the worst thing we're arguing about is, is winky performance after a 2-1 win, I'm take with that. Yeah, I'll take that. Any,
0: I'll take that any day of the week, man. I'll take that any day of the week. Um, you have, we have Mira, at uh, like we said, on Thursday, 12.45 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And I believe that's 5.45 kick in the UK. And then the Burnley match will start at 9 a.m. Eastern time in the United States. And uh, 2 p.m. It's an afternoon game in the UK as well. Until then, for Jacob, I'm Michael. And like we said, this was definitely a fun podcast. Definitely a more positive positive note um, that we're ending on this week, which is always, always nice to see. And once again, my friend, it's very nice to see some shots on target as well. First time in the Premier League in what seems like forever. So, um, up the lads, man! Follow us up on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. Um, stay, stay posted on there. Like we said, we'll be announcing the uh, the Tottenham away link and all that good stuff for Friday's live stream. And yeah, it's gonna be fun, one man. Like we like we mentioned already, y'all. We're looking forward to the match on Thursday. Looking forward to the match on Sunday. So until then, for Jacob, I'm Michael. Up the lads, and Jacob.
1: Come on, you spirt. Koiz, 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 koiz. We'll
0: see you on Sunday.